When you're traveling, do you ever stress about what's happening back home? Like, did you forget to lock up or leave a window open? That's why we totally suggest getting Simply Safe home security today for top notch security and peace of mind no matter where your summer adventures take you. That's actually such a good point. I think that is one of the main reasons Peyton and I love Simply Safe as well is that I lock the front door, that I do this, is a window open, you can just tell exactly what's going on in your home. Right. And I, I know like when we travel, it is so nice to just have that peace of mind to know that your home is okay. There's also a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras that we've installed. So we have view of our entire house, every entry point. Plus, I just feel relieved knowing that it's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at Simply simplysafe.com slash husband. There's no safe like Simply Safe. With summer closing in, I am so ready to ditch my cold weather clothes and say hello to shorts and tees. But I don't want to just buy what's trendy. I want to update timeless, high-quality summer pieces that I can utilize for all seasons and years to come without spending a fortune. And now I've got a lineup of beautiful clothes from Quince that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, Blouses and shorts from $30. That's what I'm talking about, babe. There's washable silk tops, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less oh than gosh. similar brands. It's actually because they partner directly with top factories, so Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. I actually just ordered their linen shorts, tops, and pants that I plan to wear for this summer because they're lightweight, and I'm so excited to get them and start planning my Quince capsule wardrobe for my summer travels. Honestly, I have so much Quince clothing, and I love it all. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com husband for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash husband to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash husband hey everybody welcome back to our podcast this is murder with my husband i'm peyton moreland and i'm garrett moreland and he's the husband and i'm the husband do you have 10 seconds for today Garrett? i do have 10 seconds for today so my 10 seconds will be i've spent the last four or five days hooking up our grill i know i'm back on the whole grill thing again but i got it now i finally hooked it up because we had to build it not only did we have to build it, I had to convert it to natural gas because we have a natural gas bib. Anyways, took a while, but we're done. If you guys want just 10 seconds of Garrett, he'll make his own podcast and he'll just tell you all of his 10 seconds that he does throughout the day. Most of the time, it's just trying to fix things that take like 50 Home Depot trips. Yeah, seriously. I always say Home Depot is the store that you leave knowing you're going to be back in five minutes because the part was wrong or you need sure. another one. It's sure. my nemesis. I hate Home Depot. <laughs> That's true, too. But if Home Depot wants to sponsor us, Peyton loves it. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I actually used to do like, I would send Snapchats to my family and do fake influencer ads at Home Depot and be like, look at this really cute toolbox that I yeah. have. And I would do them for fun just because I, so Home Depot, I've already been practicing our ads for you if you want to sponsor us. Sponsor us. us. All right. um, we first, before we jump into it, just want to say thank you for all of the love that we received on our question and answer that's on our Patreon. Um, it was so fun to film. It was really fun. Garrett got to talk a lot more than he normally does on the podcast. It's true. And yeah, I just feel like 
we received a lot of good feedback from it. And so thank you so much for listening and thank you to all of our Patreons. If you are wanting extra bonus episodes like that, you can just go to Murder With My Husband Patreon and check it out. And we'll actually be posting a new episode probably another week on there. Yeah. Okay, so our case sources for this case are NBCNews.com and then a Dateline episode. Our case this week begins in southeastern Michigan, a small town called Monroe. Becky Brinson and her friend Chelsea Brooke have been looking forward to this specific night all summer. It was finally Halloween, and in this small farm town, there was going to be an epic party for them to attend. Chelsea and Becky worked together at a restaurant called Olga's Kitchen, where on this Halloween day, they had been endlessly talking about tonight's party all shift. This party was called Big Mike's Annual Halloween Bash of 2014. It was the biggest party of the year in this small town. Everybody knew about it, and everyone looked forward to it all year. Chelsea and Becky's friends would be there. Bands would be there. There would be food. It was just going to be so fun. Chelsea and Becky had been to some of Big Mike's parties before. He held them at his mother's farm. They were always fun, and Chelsea and Becky were going as Batman villains this year. Okay. So Chelsea was going to be Poison Ivy at this Halloween party. She'd spent weeks sewing on artificial leaves to her leotard, so she would have the perfect costume. She even had a red wig, a wine Um, The costume was perfect for the party. She spent a lot of time on it. And fun fact, I used to watch Batman when I was little because I don't I don't know. And I loved Poison (laughs) Ivy. Like I loved her. I was obsessed with her. That's funny. So it was Saturday, October 25th, 2014, when Chelsea and Becky headed to this long awaited party. There were two giant open tents set up in the field, like those big white ones that don't actually have walls. They just kind of are a covering. Yep. Um, heavy metal bands were playing on stage. Literally 600 to 700 people showed up and loomed in the crowd at this party. How did he have such big parties? I think he was just kind of known for it. Uh-huh. And so people would come from out of town. It reminds me of like the Great Gatsby. Yeah. So And, and his Halloween one was the biggest one. Okay. Chelsea and Becky were standing with their friend Penny Watkins. Penny was older than the girls. She actually had her own kids at home. But this was the time when she could come hang out with friends and kind of be 20 years old again, you know. Chelsea was only 22 at the time. She had grown up in a small town called Maybe, Michigan. She was the youngest of five kids. Chelsea still lived at home with her parents at the time of the party. After midnight, a huge bonfire was started as the bands cleaned up their set like they only were going to play till midnight. Meanwhile, Chelsea was walking and actually bonked her nose on a tent pole at the party like she ran into a tent pole. It wasn't bleeding, but it hurt. Her friends kind of began laughing and after a minute, Chelsea was fine and just continued enjoying the party. Around 1 a.m., the girls were going to head home. Penny was supposed to take Chelsea home, but as the time came... Penny and Chelsea had actually lost sight of each other as 1 a.m. came around. Penny would have called, but Becky had actually been holding Chelsea's cell phone all night because in Chelsea's Poison Ivy costume, she didn't have pockets because it was a homemade costume. So she said, here, Becky, take my phone. And then now they can't find Chelsea. Penny, who doesn't want to leave her friend without making sure she has another way home, knows that she has to go anyway. She's a mom. She has to be up early. Like, this was a fun night, but she's got responsibilities in the morning. So she looks around one last time, but she knows, Chelsea knows other people there. And so she's like, okay, she'll find a ride home. I'm just going to leave. So Chelsea and Penny are at this party. 
Um, well, they're, they're with other people, obviously. Mm-hmm. And basically, Chelsea doesn't go missing, but she says... They lose each other at the yes. party. And there's a lot of people there. And Becky, their other friend, has Chelsea's phone. Got it. Okay. So Becky can't decide if she should stay and look for Chelsea or if she should go home with Penny as originally planned. She did have her phone, but they had been looking and they couldn't find her. And Becky kind of just felt stuck. So after some time, Becky decides, you know, I'm just going to leave with Penny. Chelsea knows people here. She can come get her phone tomorrow. She would check in on her in the morning after she caught a ride home with whoever she's currently with now where they can't find her. And I'm sure you all know where this is going, but Chelsea was spotted later that night alone in the field crying. And that was the last time Chelsea was ever seen. Alone in the field crying? Yeah, so she kind of gone away from the party and was spotted crying in the field. Okay. As Sunday came around, Becky called Chelsea's mom and left her message saying, hey, I have Chelsea's phone. I lost her at the party. You guys can swing by anytime today. I'll be home. But no one responded. In fact, Becky didn't hear anything until later that night when a Facebook message came through. And the Facebook message was from Chelsea's sister asking if she had seen Chelsea because Chelsea had never come home from the Halloween party the night before. Becky replied, no, I haven't seen her, but she's probably just at a friend's house. Like we had been drinking last night. I'm sure she's just recovering today. She just went home with someone. We'll find her. When Monday came around and no one had heard from Chelsea still, everyone began to get a little worried. Oh, no. Her family began reaching out to whoever they could, friends, Big Mike, the guy who hosted the party, and even the police. Big Mike searched his field where the party had been, looking around a couple miles. But when he came back to the house, he didn't find anything. Chelsea's mom was actually at the house. And she was like, hey, can we search? And he was, he said, sure. So about 15 people showed up and began wow, searching the area. Lot. Yeah. Big Mike actually let them camp out on his property, even though he kind of felt like everyone was like blaming him or like suspecting yeah. him. Like, well, it was your party. And like, it's you, your fault. Is uh-huh. she here? And now, and you know where she is, you know? Do you know how big his land was? His property alone wasn't huge, but it was a, it was like a small town. So property just, Kind of goes on forever. It's pretty scarce in between houses. By Monday evening, Big Mike was actually accused of having Chelsea locked up somewhere on the farm. Like the accusations came out. They weren't just like kind of being speculated. But he denies the accusations. He's like, listen, I'm letting you guys camp here. I'm letting you search here. I have nothing to do with this. When Penny found out that Chelsea had never made it home, she was worried. But she felt like maybe Chelsea had gotten stuck somewhere, hit by a car, lost something because she couldn't believe that foul play could happen in a place like Monroe and definitely not to her friend. And I am just going to say this when I've talked to people who don't like true crime, they kind of say, well, that will never happen to me. Uh That will never happen. Everyone thinks this isn't going to happen to them. Every single victim doesn't think they're going to be the victim. You know what I mean? It kind of reminds me, I mean, this might not go exactly, but the quote from Mike Tyson that says, everyone has a plan until they get punched. Yes, yes. It's the same thing. Like Like, you have a plan until, mm -hmm. well. 
So Tuesday morning, police visited Becky's house to ask questions. And this is kind of when Becky felt like maybe something worse had happened to her friend. Human trafficking, kidnapping, something. Because now the police are here and they're asking questions about that night. Penny began helping Chelsea's family in the search. Still conducting searches around Big Mike's property. Police don't know where else to go. How do they find her when she was last seen with over 700 people? This party... Everyone had been drinking, and most were wearing costumes. There was no lights in the field, just a fire for light, like it was dark. People were coming and going. There was no invitations, no sign-in sheet. Chelsea's sister says that Chelsea wouldn't leave on her own accord. She wasn't dating anyone currently, but had been interested in a couple guys, but none of them went to the party that night. Police brought in most of those guys in Chelsea's life, searched their homes, um, their phones, even their clothing, but nothing. There was no leads Mm -hmm. on them. As police dig deeper, they discover that Chelsea had borrowed six different phones to make phone calls that night after her friends had left. She had even called Penny and asked her to come back and pick her up. But Penny was drunk and didn't want to go back in the car. Chelsea said, it's fine. I'll just find another ride. Chelsea never called her family that night as she was making those six phone calls. But as we know, Chelsea was seen crying later that night. She told someone she had no one to give her a ride home. A man tells police that around 3.30 a.m. that night, he talked to Chelsea about her costume. And when he talked to her, he says a taller, slender man with glasses and swoopy hair was kind of standing by Chelsea at 3.30 a.m. And he kind of got the impression that him and Chelsea, like, knew each other so he tells police i saw her and she was with this dude maybe it'll help you yeah so a sketch was released of the guy but nothing really came of it four days after chelsea disappeared police brought in big mike for interrogation they asked for consent to search his house and when he said no they came back later with a search warrant and swat team i'm i know we haven't gotten there yet i'm gonna assume i mean i don't think he did it What I'm guessing is that he maybe had like drugs in the house. So that's why he was scared. But I guess we'll find out. We're jumping into an ad right now. And I, no joke, I've had this question. I think about all the time because I hate getting sick. Do you ever wonder why some people just don't get sick? One of the reasons you can help yourself from getting sick is Armra Colostrum. Okay, obviously I had no idea that colostrum is the first nutrition we receive in life and is an exclusive source of all the essential nutrients we need in order to thrive. So what's amazing is Armra colostrum is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 functional nutrients to strengthen your immune barriers, your body's inside suit of armor, and the first line of defense against harmful particles from the environment that can trigger inflammation and actually make make you sick. I'm not saying that it 100% works for everybody because obviously you never know, but all I'm saying is I haven't been sick since I started taking it. Well, and the science behind it is so cool. Armra colostrum strengthens all four layers of your gut wall where 80% of your immune cells are housed. And it's a rich exclusive source of antibodies that optimize your immune defense during cold and flu season. Plus in clinical trials, bovine colostrum was found to be at least three times more effective than the flu vaccine at preventing the flu. We've worked out a special offer for our audience receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash husband or enter husband to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A 
com slash husband. When we started podcasting, an online store was honestly the furthest thing from our minds. But now we're selling Murder With My Husband merch, and it's so easy because we use Shopify. And we really do. We use Shopify to sell our merch. I've been using Shopify for years, so it is absolutely amazing, easy to use, so intuitive. I love it. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And it's great because they grow with you. So whether you're just launching your shop or you've just hit a million orders, they are there every step of the way. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. We've actually tried a couple other platforms before we started using Shopify to sell our merch and Shopify is just the best. Um, I've been using it for years, like I've said. And I just love having control over it and being able to do what I want. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash husband. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash husband now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash husband. Do you ever find that when you're traveling, you can't help but worry about what's going on back home? Like, again, did you remember to lock up everything or close all the windows? It's so easy for those little concerns to nag at you while you're trying to enjoy your trip. And that's why we highly recommend looking into Simply Safe Home Security today. It's all about giving you the top-notch security and total peace of mind, no matter where your summer adventures take you. It's like having that extra layer of protection so you can truly relax and enjoy your time away. You guys, I know that when we travel, it is so nice to just have that peace of mind. You know, it's not only for when you're home and you don't want someone breaking in, but like also when you're away from home and you just want to know that your house is safe. And that is what Simply Safe gives you. There's a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras we've installed. So we have a view of all our entry points. Plus, Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System 2024 by the U.S. News and the World Report. Simply Safe has given us and many of our listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/husband. There's no safe like Simply Safe. They tore it apart but they found nothing. It was around this time. So no, no drugs. No. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> Hate to shoot you down. <laughs> um, it was around this time when a new tip came in about a young man named Harlan Bird. And he says, well, the tip says, hey, I think he'll have something to do with it because he said that he remembers two men assaulting a female in the parking lot that night. Um, Harlan says he intervened and helped the girl off the ground And he says this woman he helped was in a poison ivy costume. He says his shirt even got her blood on it, but he had washed it by now as police are talking to him interrogation. He's like, well, yeah, her blood got on me because she was being assaulted, um, but I've already washed the shirt. Yeah. He says that he set her in a car, the woman in the poison ivy costume. He set her in a car and went back to the party to ask around if anyone knew her and could help. Like, is this anyone's friend? She's just been assaulted. When he came back... The car that she was in was gone. That's what he tells police. Was Harlan trying to cover up the fact that he had done something? Why had someone called in and said he knew something? Like this, he didn't come forward. Someone called in. That story seems a little sketchy. A little sketchy. Police began confronting him. Your story doesn't make sense. It's sketchy, the exact same thing. And Harlan eventually tells them in interrogation, okay, 
I made it all up. It was a lie. I don't know why I lied. I don't know why I made it up. I I just made it up. What? So he's saying none of that actually happened? Yeah. He literally made the whole he story up? He literally made the whole story up. He was telling people that someone called in and then he got brought into the police. What the heck? So he was arrested for lying to the police and hindering an investigation. At this point, Chelsea had been missing for a week. Vigils are held. Her family is suffering. I just... I feel so bad for the family. The search operation is moved to a vacant bank where they could set up headquarters, like have people come in. Okay, you're assigned to this area, this area, this area. Try to make it a little bit more. I've heard sometimes that when families are searching, if it's not organized, it can be like, like people miss things. So they were trying to make it more organized so it could be more efficient. I feel like they're really putting a lot of effort into the search. Uh Uh-huh, a ton. I mean- that's all you can really do when mm-hmm. someone's missing. But it's good compared to some of the other stories you've had. Yes. They're really going at it. Yeah. And posters of Chelsea's face were hung up around town. Purple ribbons were tied. That was her favorite color. And her family was just trying to keep the search going. But Christmas came and Christmas went with nothing in this case. Oh, man. Finally, a week into 2015. So this happened in October. So now we're in January of 2015. A woman tells police that her boyfriend confessed to killing Chelsea. She says that he dumped her body in a cemetery in the Toledo area. The woman's name was Carrie, and she tells police that her ex-boyfriend was coming after her next, and he needed to be arrested right now because he killed Chelsea. Police interview the boyfriend, and he says, uh... It's false. Carrie, my ex-girlfriend, she just wants revenge. Like, she's just upset. She's an upset ex-girlfriend. Mm. So police bring Carrie back in, and she admits that she, too, had lied. Why is everyone lying? She just wanted revenge on her ex. Carrie, like Harlan, is arrested for lying to the police and hindering an investigation. And police go back to an almost stagnant investigation because, once again, they're back to ground zero. By late March, a woman calls in saying she had found something on the edge of her property that was about two miles away from where the the party was that night. Her name was Cheryl. She had been cleaning up for spring and found a shoe. It was a flat red leather shoe. Cheryl's husband brings up the idea that it could be the missing girl. So she finds it and her husband's like, hey, that could be like the missing posters, that girl, that could be her shoe. The party wasn't too far from here. Cheryl's like, no way. They searched all over this place, like all winter. There's no way they wouldn't have missed this. But they decide to report it anyways. They're like, well, better safe than sorry. And after checking with Chelsea's mom, police confirm that the shoe found two miles away from the party was in fact Chelsea's shoe that she had been wearing that night. That's actually, I feel like it's pretty far. Two, two miles. miles. Uh-huh. It is. Like, how? Did, where did things go yeah. so wrong, you know? A search begins around the area that the shoe was found and nothing else was found. It had been five months since she disappeared and all that was left of Chelsea was her red shoe. A man named Eric Kassaw begins searching for scrap metal to sell and he's searching about 10 miles away from where Big Mike's property is. And he kind of looked inside of an, an abandoned shed like thing and this might seem weird to people who didn't grow up in like a place where there's a lot of land but this is pretty common of like buildings that are just wasting away because they were used for some reason but aren't being used anymore and they're usually small like this and while searching that he came across a red wig and leotard with plants sewn on it oh 
They thought nothing of it, him and his friends that were searching, until about a week later when Eric actually saw a missing person poster with a picture of Chelsea wearing the Poison Ivy costume. Oh, so those posters work. Yeah, because he was like, whoa, that's the thing we found in that shed. So Eric goes back and he kind of wants to report it, but now he feels like because he, so he says, I watch, he says he will watch his true crime shows and he's like, I've touched the leotard and then I left it there. And he's like, so now I'm scared to report it because I'm scared they're going to be like, you're a suspect. Yeah. Like they're going to pin it on me. So he, he tells his sister, he's like, I'm nervous. And she's like, you need to report it. So he decides to report it anyways. And I feel like he thinks like me because I constantly think if I'm like in a, like a suspicious thing, I'll be like, oh, don't touch or move anything. Don't do Uh anything because you don't want this time back to you, you know? So police collect the costume and find it had been ripped in the straps. So the straps of the leotard had been ripped and the crotch area had been ripped open. Oh no. And so they send it off to the lab and immediately they bring in Eric for questioning, confirming Eric's worries that he's now the main suspect. They ask him all types of questions and Eric stands strong. But as police search the area where the costume was found, they actually discover something. While they're searching, they realize they can see Harlan Bird's residence from the search area. So Harlan, the guy who came in and lied and said, oh, I saw her being assaulted. Oh, never mind. I'm lying. They can see his house from this abandoned shed. He lived right across the street. When Harlan comes in for questioning this time, he brings an attorney. He admits that he's been to the building where the leotard was found, but he has nothing to do with the leotard being in there. He passes a polygraph test and they take his DNA and then send him away. They have nothing else. On April 24th, 2015, seven miles from Big Mike's place, a man is building what he calls his dream home on his property. Uh-huh. And so he's excavating, he's digging, he's, he's clearing out area to build his dream home. And as he's doing that, he finds a body on his property and he calls 911. He had actually backed his dump truck up to like a pile of dirt yeah. um, where he was dumping dirt. But the, the truck got stuck. So he got out to look what was happening. And there was a body. And there was a body behind oh. him. He wasn't stuck on the body. He just got out and saw the body. And if he hadn't, have, like if he hadn't have gotten stuck, he would have dumped the dirt right on top of her. No, and, pro- and no, no one, one would have ever found it. Yes. Dang. So like it was so... Such a blessing yeah. that his truck got got stuck. So he calls nine one one and tells them that he found the female a female body, um, and he could see blonde hair, and he thinks it's that girl whose missing posters is all over town. Her face was unrecognizable, so he couldn't like make an identification. But he's like, she has blonde hair, and I think it's that girl. All right, you guys, Audible is your one-stop app for all things audio entertainment, from bestsellers and the latest releases to celebrity memoirs and gripping mysteries. Audible's library is brimming with countless genres to love and new discoveries to make. Dive into an unparalleled selection of audiobooks and explore exclusive Audible originals brought to life by top celebrities, renowned experts, and fresh voices. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog in including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Plus, you can enjoy unlimited access to a growing selection of audiobooks, Audible originals, and podcasts such as 
murder with my husband. Honestly, I love Audible because I will get into a story while I'm cleaning or driving. Sometimes I get so hooked listening to a story, I just end up finding new places to clean or just end up sitting in my car, which drives Garrett nuts, but I'm out there sitting there. New members can explore Audible free for 30 days. Also, this March through May, the Audible sweep you into a realm of intrigue and suspense with their mystery and thriller collection, featuring exclusive new thrillers from their best-selling authors. Their selection is designed to captivate and surprise, ensuring your heart rate remains as elevated as your imagination. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. That's audible.com MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. Police respond and discover that the body had been somewhat covered with branches and not far from where the victim had been dumped, they found an artificial leaf. They test it and realize that it matches the costume costume. Chelsea had been wearing. Despite not having solid confirmation that this is Chelsea, they tell Chelsea's family that they found a body that they suspect to be her so that they wouldn't find out from the the media, media. which we see happen way too often. Dental records verify that Chelsea Brooke, who had been missing since Halloween the year before, had been found. It was her body. Oh, man. That's so sad. DNA results come back from the leotard around this point. So they had sent it off. They're starting to come back. And Chelsea's DNA and blood was found on the inside of the leotard. And another unknown male sample was found as well. Police run it through CODIS. Nothing. They check Harlan and Eric. Nothing. But the sample was good. It was solid enough that once they found the person, it would be locked and good to go. It wasn't like a, one of those dinky samples where it could be like questioned. It was like, this is a pretty big, solid sample. Yeah. Medical examiners conclude that blunt force trauma to the face is what killed Chelsea. Wow, that's brutal. It's a, yes. And this is why her face was unrecognizable yeah. by the man. Chelsea's funeral is held. And in September, the man who found Chelsea's body was still building on his property where he calls police again because this time he had found a red leather shoe. Chelsea's other shoe was also found on his property. Police search around the shoe and they find her green tights as well. So now they've found everything that Chelsea was wearing that night. They've found Chelsea and they haven't found her killer. So everything was buried like underneath the dirt. So he had, so the killer had literally went and, Buried things in separate locations? Um, It wasn't deep. Okay. It was more just kind of like thrown and then some twigs thrown on top of it type thing. Even her body. Got it. But the, the leotard is found clear. I mean, not, I mean, miles away, but that's pretty far away in a shed. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing. Her tights are back at the burial site. Yeah. So it's a little bit weird. As the one year mark comes up on this investigation. So we're back around Halloween. Big Mike decides that he's not going to have his annual party. He's like, it just is weird. It doesn't feel right. And people are like, no, you should still have it. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to have it, but I'm going to take it into the city. I'm going to go to a club in Detroit and we'll throw it there and we'll start a new thing there instead because it just feels wrong to do it back on the property. The investigation was stalled. Nothing new was coming in. But in June of 2016... Police received screenshots they were sent in from a video that was taken at Big Mike's Detroit Halloween party a year after the murder of Chelsea. They were of, and keep in mind, this is in June. Mm-hmm. So this, these screenshots were sent to police in June. A long time after the a party. A long time after the party. 
They were of a white male with a mustache who had been at the party and people had said he was acting strange, but the only reason these screenshots were sent in, he resembled the original sketch yep. that was released at the first party where- The um, guy with the glasses and yes, the long brown hair. He resembled him and people were like, he was acting weird and he resembles the sketch. After the Detroit party, this man had actually rang someone, some random person's doorbell around 3 a.m. and said, hey, I just got done with this party. Can I sleep at your house? And this guy's like, um, obviously not. Like, I don't know you. You can't just ring my doorbell at 3 a.m. and ask if you can stay here. Like, go away. And so the kid just ends up passing out on this guy's front porch and then leaving in the morning. And when he leaves, he leaves his leather vest behind. So the owner comes out and goes, oh my gosh, this kid like passed out on my porch and he left his vest. And he picks it up. And when he does, he notices that there's a knife and rope in this guy's vest pocket. Like hand rope to tie hands? Yes, okay, yes. Okay. So the kid comes back later um, to get his vest and the owner gives it to him. But the owner had called him and like, hey, this kid left his vest, but like police didn't come confiscate it. And so yeah. when the kid came back, he's like, here's your vest back. Police release the photos of this man and the man in the video comes forward. He's like, hey, that's me. I was really drunk that night. I really don't remember much. Police take his DNA and schedule him for a polygraph. Before the polygraph could be oh, taken. Oh, no way. The lab calls. No way, what? I think I know what's going to happen. What? Well, the lab calls and the blood's going to match. Okay. The lab calls. <laughs> claims. We have a match to the unknown DNA on the leotard. And it's not your guy from the video. Oh, okay. So release him. And it's not Eric. And it's not Harlan. And also, it's not Big Mike. It matched a man named Daniel Allen Clay. And police had no idea who he was. He lived in Monroe County. He moved from house to house. He was unemployed. He had a couple kids with um, different women. And he had been arrested a couple months earlier when he had stole a backpack off of somebody. Like just walking, uh -huh. he ran up and stole, stole it and it. got arrested. But in this state, stealing someone's backpack off of them is a felony which means that his DNA was taken and entered into CODIS, which is how it popped up. He also had two warrants out for him for unpaid child support. So police decide to arrest him for those warrants without saying that he was a suspect in Chelsea's murder. They locate him at a mobile home and he takes off running from the cops. But officers had been around the house, like surrounding the house, uh -huh. and so they caught him because there was really yeah, yeah. nowhere he could run. They put him in a room and he is surprised to interrogate him. And he is surprised when they start asking about Big Mike's Halloween bash back in 2014. Yep. Daniel denies knowing Chelsea, seeing her at the party, or, or even, like, recognizing her. It's July 2016. And detectives confront Daniel asking if his DNA would be near or on Chelsea. And he says, no way. I don't even know who that girl is. So that's when police tell him. Well, your DNA is on her costume from that night. So how could that happen? Yeah. He's like, fine. I had sex with someone at the party. It might have been her. But she was fine after they left. We just had sex and left and she was fine. Isn't it funny how instantly he changed his story? Yeah. Just instantly. Yeah. But the DNA they found wasn't semen. So they're like, oh, so that's why your DNA is like, yeah, yeah, we had sex. And then they tell him the DNA wasn't semen. It was skin DNA. 
and it was located where the leotard had been torn in the crotch and the straps violently. So they're like, this didn't come from sex. So the detective says, listen, you need to come clean about this. And then the detective decides to tell him a lie. They tell him that Chelsea had brittle bone disease, which means that her bones could have broken easily. It was an accident that you broke her face. She has brittle bone disease. You guys were having you guys were having rough sex and it just happened, right? You just crushed her because she has brittle bone disease. You could touch her and her bones could break. Uh-huh. And Daniel's like, oh yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Wait, why did they tell him that? Because they want him to admit that he that he did it. And then later they're gonna be like, she doesn't have brittle bone disease, dude. Are you allowed to do that? Yes, detectives are allowed to lie. Oh, okay. So Daniel's like, yeah, okay, yeah. I had sex with her and she, I was choking her and she just went limp. And so he's like, I attempted CPR, but I crushed her chest. That's what he's mm-hmm. trying to say. He says he took her to these railroad tracks where he carried her to this property and covered her up. He says he doesn't know how her leotard ended up five miles away from where he dumped her. That's all the story we have. In May of 2017, Daniel goes on trial for murder and he's pleading not guilty. He's claiming that it was an accident, exactly the same story. When they confronted him and said, hey, she doesn't have brittle bone disease, he says, no, that's how she died. What did, I wonder what his attorney said at this point. Yes. So he claims it's an accident and the DA is like, dude, it wasn't an accident. She didn't have brittle bone disease. There's no way, there's Mm -hmm. no way. So the state says they don't have the full story. So this is what they say happened. Daniel went up to Chelsea and he tried to come on to her and she denied him. Chelsea denied Daniel. And he, in turn, took her life. Freaked out, got mad at her, whatever, took her life. Also at trial, they talk about how hard it would be to tear a leotard. And I don't know if anyone knows this, but I basically like lived my high school lives in leotards because mm-hmm. I did ballet every day. Leos are meant to stretch like far. Like they're stretchy material. They're meant to stretch far. It would need a lot of force and take time to tear a leotard in three spots. It couldn't just be like ripping buttons off a shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so they're like, dude, you didn't just rip her clothes off and while having sex with her. This was like done violently to her. Daniel's team argued that it was an accident due to strangulation. Daniel actually testifies at his own trial and says that he didn't beat Chelsea. So her broken face probably just happened because he dropped her five to six times while hiding the body. That it was an all, all an accident. I choked her. She lost consciousness. Then I must have just like dropped her on her head a couple oh times. Oh my gosh. The jury comes back and obviously finds Daniel Clay guilty of Chelsea's murder. Chelsea's mother actually forgave Daniel at the sentence hearing and handed him a Bible, which we've seen before, and and is like, you need to read this. And he's like, thank you. I'll read this. I'm sorry what I've put your family. Like, he apologizes. The judge then, with no mercy, sentences Daniel to life in prison, says, you're a liar, you're a murderer, and sentences him to, to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Dang. And Daniel appeals his verdict. And Big Mike actually moved his annual party to Detroit for good because it still kind of feels a little weird. But he st- he he was like, we're just going to move him over there for good. And Becky and Penny never attended another one of Big Mike's parties. Oh, man. Ever again. But yeah, that is the case of Chelsea. That's crazy. I just don't understand. I feel like this happens a lot. And we probably don't hear about a lot of these stories like at these big parties. All of a sudden mm-hmm. people just go missing and... Yeah. It's just sad. It's a hard... I mean, not just parties, everywhere. Yeah. People just go missing. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I'm just happy for Chelsea and for Chelsea's family that they saw justice because there are a lot of people who go missing in situations like this. That, I mean, what is justice, right? But I mean, like law justice, civil justice that don't get that. They don't get it. And And it's just heartbreaking. And some sort of closure, right? They were able to actually find Chelsea's body and so forth. And once again, DNA comes in and Coming closes in, this yeah. case. They had they had no other leads. There was literally nothing else that were leading them to Daniel. Yeah. And then his DNA got matched. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. If you are on YouTube, please subscribe and turn on notifications and also leave us a comment. We love to read our YouTube comments. If you are here from TikTok, hi, hello. We're so happy to have you. And if you are listening on podcasts, please leave us a review if you can. We love having you all here and we will see you guys next week for another episode. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye. Goodbye.